welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. And this week we've got a humdinger, boys. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam, if there was a way. What do y'all think? Y'all ready to do this? I'm ready, Jimmy. What about you, Anthony? You got a tagline this week? I don't know. Hey, girl. It's the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. <laughs> I love That's it. Really good. I, I like love it, man. man. That's great. Yeah. Go right, on, girl. So before we get started, uh, <laughs> I want to just basically thank everybody for listening to this thing. We crossed a 10,000 listen barrier this yes, week. Sir. And um, it's a milestone. It may it may not seem like much, but for, for you guys listening to us, three Dude's just hanging out, talking stuff about music that we love, we hate, we disagree, we agree on. It's just, it's just fun. This is how we, as lifetime friends, this is how we hang out. Even though we live pretty much apart from each other for the most part, me and Chris are semi close, but uh, Anthony is miles and miles away. So we get to speak every week, just kind of hang out, chill out, catch up. You know, it's it's a great, fun, it's fun. It's just simply fun. Yeah. Boys, I'm pretty Joe, happy. Joe Rogan this. laughs. He's like, 10,000. I get that in yeah. 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, dude. I, oh, my God. Few are Joe Rogan in this hey. world. Now, well, yeah. look at it. If, if anybody like, wants to listen to what we have to say, I think it's cool. So. But, uh, yeah, but, dude, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we don't go we, on uh, for four hours like Rogan does either. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how he, uh, he's got a ton of followers, though. Man, I, I can't listen to his podcast. It's too long for me. It does. It's usually it just UFC guys or survival people or whatever. I mean, it's it, it's a wide range. I tried listening to try listening to Roth on there one time, and I just turned it off by an hour. Yeah, just daily Roth all over forever. the place, and Rogan has oh, no dude, control. He is spastic. He is spastic. Yeah. God. His mind is gone. That's true. Well, enough about Joe Rogan because this is the Audible Ecstasy <laughs> podcast, which is far <laughs> superior. True. Let's get this thing started with the first track. It's called "The Distance Between You and Me." Hit it, Chris. Now, just a precursor, we have shortened the samples tonight, so we can't catch everything. This is a 14-song record, so we had a big, big dive-in this week. But how this record opened, got a hint of bluegrass, pure country, and that Telecaster twang that opens this thing up, you know you're in for something special. Dwight Yoakam hits the ground running. I think this is one of the strongest songs in his discography. 
Although it may not be considered iconic, I hit this thing with a 9.5 because it is absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. Now, for those listening at home, this Dwight Yoakam is basically probably my favorite country music artist. <laughs> so this isn't fair, and I'm ready to take the beating as it may come tonight. You Chris, what do you it. think about the distance between you and me? <laughs> yes, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you if he was using a Telecaster. Kind of, you know, I know those kind of put off that country twang oh, sound yeah. a lot of times, and yeah, pure, that was that was. I tell you, I, first thing I thought is like that that riff and that tone sounds a whole lot like a Johnny Cash song right up front. Oh, yeah. like the way it kicks yeah. in, I love that. Absolutely great. Definitely great has song. that kind of outlaw country sound going on in this song. It's got a real catchy chorus. Uh, right out of the gate, man, he just comes out firing on all cylinders. Excellent way to start. And I like the fiddles in there too, man. I mean, it's just it's a really good strong opener. I gave it a nine. I didn't quite go nine and a half, but I think it's an excellent song. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anthony, what do you think about the distance between you and me? Yeah, man, it's a great song. I gave it a nine. It's an excellent song, great way to lead an album. It just, like I said with Clint Black, it just puts you in a great country state of mind, you know, when you start Agreed. listening to it Agreed. right off the bat. Uh, Dwight sounds fantastic. I, I love the fiddle, too, man, at the twangy guitar and just the way it ebbs and flows throughout, man. Solid, solid tune. So, yeah, nine. Excellent. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's move us to track number two. It's called The Heart That You Own. Chris? Used to be acting love here for free Hurt. Way back before you bought the property Now I pay daily on what once was mine Lord, I probably owe you for these tears that I cried Cause I pay rent on a rundown place There ain't no view there's lots of space in my heart The heart that you own My God. All right. The heart that you own. He is in pain and he <laughs> is singing about it. Um, I'll tell you what. That is, uh, you know, as so as somber as this song is, I still think it's great. It is a little bit of a slowdown because we started off rocking. We've gone to his first slow or sad song, if you will, on this. Um, although the hint of the, fir- the the theme of the first song is being in love and married to somebody or being with somebody, and and they are absolutely miles apart. This song is basically he just can't get away because. His heart's owned by another girl. I love the song. I, I love how this thing flows. It is a slowdown, but I still think it's great. I'm at an eight on this one. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, this one has a real kind of 70s throwback oh. sound a little bit to it. Uh, almost like an old George Jones song or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Kind of like, you know. But uh, it's got a solid uh, tone to it. I think he, Dwight's vocals kind of have like a mournful sound to them. Uh, I kind of like an understated steel guitar that mixes in with the fiddles on this song. Right. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I tried to be like use our our graph a little more than we do tonight. Good. So I mean, I was kind of looking at that the whole time because I really I don't know. This isn't something I knew that well. I gave it a seven. I think it's a very good song. Good. I didn't go much higher than that, but I, I, it is a very good song. I, I don't think it's as good as some of the other ones on this album, though. But good song. You, you would be wrong. Anthony, <laughs> really? You think Anthony, it's better than you think about the other ones on the, this album? <laughs> I dropped the slap nine on it, man. I think it's an excellent. Oh wow! Song. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Talk but, to us. But see, Talk I dig. I like old country, man. Like I said, that grand oh, yeah, tour I do song. Too. It was very you, good. I wouldn't yeah, insult yeah. it, man. I know. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you took a couple words right out of my notes. Uh, my opening line said, "This is just a beautiful, mournful country ballad," and Dwight's yeah. voice is perfect for it. His voice adds so much to it. I think it makes it a lot sadder because of his voice. Um, excellent song. I also love the guitar solo too and the mix of fiddles. I mean, Wikipedia had a little bit of information on this one. Um, it said the heart that you own is a song written by Dwight. It was released in April of 92 as the fifth single from his album. If there was a way this song peaked at number 18 in the United States and at number 13 in Canada. So fairly decent little hit wow. for him. So yeah, that's an, yeah, I think it's a nine. So, how many times, singles that were on this? Did we figure that out? Six Did you singles, like, buddy. Wow, that's a lot, man. That's yeah, a lot. Well, it's really a 14-song album, so. <laughs> this is true as well, yeah. It's almost half yeah, the album. And, and, and this crazy part is he released singles from this record for two solid years. 90, yeah. 91, and 92. Yeah, this was so, 92, so. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, crazy, yeah. Some people may forget that Dwight after, actually. What's that, Chris? Well, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was going to say Dwight actually got started in the early to mid 80s. He Sometimes I forget that he didn't start in the 90s. He actually did start really deep into the, the 70s, 80s. I think. He graduated high school like in 74. Yeah. So that puts so. him, what, 17, 16, 17 years yeah. older than us. So, so, you know, he'd been doing this since the late 70s. I'd uh, mentioned that country new wave starting with Straight and Travis. But he probably could throw Dwight Yoakam in there too among that first young crop to come in and start to kind of well, modernize country music. I don't know if he he might have modernized a hint, but he harkened back to the sound of Buck Owens, and that was his that was his idol. Yeah. So, you know, he loved that. Uh, it's Bakersfield sounds what it's oh, called. That that song, Streets of Bakersfield, it. man, oh, love that song. Yeah, it's solid too. Classic song. But yeah, all right. Well, let's roll this thing forward. Track number three. It's called "Takes a Lot to Rock You." slower somber song to a rocking somber song <laughs> i love it guys i think it's it actually brings the pace back up on the record and it, i think at this point it sets the pace for what we're getting ready to hear in the next song but i i think this is a great one i actually love this song i'm trying to be good to myself and give it an eight because i want to give it higher but it is a great song in my opinion chris what do you think about it takes a lot to rock you yeah, I'll tell you something I learned early on listening to this album is Dwight Yoakam has a lot of different faces, man. I mean, he can go from bluegrass to blues to rock and roll. I mean, you just, you just don't know what you get from song to song. Right. And I think one of my favorite uh, 
styles he kicks out there is the rock and roll that that kind of throwback 60s rockabilly rock and roll and, and that's what this is maybe rockabilly almost i don't know uh man it's got such a catchy chorus on this one just a toe tapping beat throughout feels like something you'd hear at like a sock hop back in the 60s or something you know i can ah, yeah i can picture michael j fox on stage during back to the future playing something like this you know <laughs> him and chuck berry heck yeah. there you go I, I and it's got a great uh uh, bass line throughout the 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 uh, song kind of mixes well with the rhythm guitar i give it eight and a half i think it's but somewhere oh, wow. between great and Fantastic. excellent yeah, great song one of my favorites man awesome yeah hey, awesome. okay i'm not gonna say that but it's it's a great it's song. a dang good one in it yeah anthony what do you think about takes a lot to rock you well my notes say this and if you thought he only did sad sad so very sad songs this song <laughs> might just surprise you it's upbeat, peppy, and he actually loses a lot of twang in his voice in order to capture the spirit of the song, which I think is kind of neat, too. Um, I'm digging it, man. I gave this one a nine, too. It's another excellent for me. So <laughs> That's fantastic, uh, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, this it's, one's hitting you right in the right spots, ain't it? I like it. This, these first five or six songs, man, are, yeah, they're, you know, but I always liked Dwight Yoakam. I've had several of his albums sweet. back in the day, too, so. It's funny you say because to me, the, the sweet spot of his album is the middle of it. Not the oh, yeah, it's, but it's getting ready, to, it's getting ready yeah. to start getting crazy, guys, so as far as incredibly great music, I mean, it's great all the way through, but nonetheless. All right, let's move this up to track number four. It's called Nothing's Changed Here. So I don't even know where to start. I'll be honest with you guys. There's so much that is good about this song. This is pure country lyrically and sonically. I mean, the lyrics, what is it? I feel your body laying next to mine. I reach out to touch you, but you're not there for me to find. That is insane. Just, It's just, he's painting a picture and it's incredible. I love it. The groove, I guess you could call it a groove. It's the swing, if you will. This song, this is pure Dwight Yoakam swag. It's incredible. I think it's absolutely iconic. I gave it a 10. Chris, oh, wow. what do you think? 10, really? Well, it's <laughs> one of his singles, and it was I didn't very hear that. successful. I, didn't, I did not see that coming, Jimmy. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, it's a good song. Don't get me wrong, man. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you consider this like a mid. It's not a rocker, but it's like, is this a mid tempo? Like, it's just a swing. That's all. Swing. Country solid tune. I, I love right. Dwight's uh, twang in this song, for lack of a better word. Uh, he just like he nails it vocally. Uh, yeah, man, I give it an eight. I think it's a great song. Okay. I, I was shocked. I mean, ten. Wow, that's that's pretty I big. Do. I love this. Uh, I, once I didn't realize it was a single. Boy. To be Sorry. honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's a solid tune, man. It's right in the kind of, it, it's a solid tune, but man, Tim, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's a great song. So I give it. A <laughs> that's name. cool. 
Counseling that's, me off my notes a little bit when you said that. Dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I knew it was a single, and I know it's, it was very, very popular back in the day. So well, That's good to know. You see, that's I'm a little naive on this stuff. I'll be honest. I didn't. Well, I mean, I know three at, songs that I knew when I heard it immediately. I was like, yeah, those are tens. But. Well, there are there there's a bunch of good ones on here. But, Anthony, I don't know if there's a set list that is even remotely accurate because I don't know how it's possible. But uh, uh, Yeah, I went into I only I'm Like I told Chris, I'm only going to start pulling top 20 songs. Okay. And I feel like his are fairly accurate. I mean, I don't know if they're completely accurate. They're a lot more yeah. than Clint Black. So yeah, it's still pretty low, dude. I well, mean, he's been around how long? It was only like, I know, I know. The top but was only three hundred some plays. I, I think it's just country. I was working on a Tracy Lawrence song for my other podcast, and like, Tracy Lawrence's numbers are bad too. So the man is sixty-five years old. He is still doing about one hundred and fifty nights a year. So tell me yeah. something ain't right. Well, you know the song. Uh, Alibis. There's songs he plays every night too. Yeah. You, you know right. the song Alibis by Tracy Lawrence. Oh yeah. Fifty yeah. plays on set list. Definitely. Yeah. So there's no way that's right. Yeah. But nonetheless, so, anyways, like I said, I am fanboying this album and I'm apologizing for it ahead of time. All right, Anthony, what do you think about it? I mean, it works. No complaints. Uh, Dwight sounds fantastic. So does the band. I love the upbeat nature of it. Love the sound of that fiddle in the middle of the song too. Man, I gave this one a nine. I think it's cool. an excellent, excellent tune. And there was a little bit of Wikipedia on this one, too. Really? It said, Nothing's Changed Here is a song co-written and recorded by you know, Dwight Yoakam. It was written with the well-known country songwriter Costas. It was released in July of 91 as the third single from his album. It only peaked at number 15 on the Hot Country Songs chart, while it became his biggest hit from this album in Canada, reaching number two on the country singles chart. And... Yeah. Concert plays, according to them, 19th all time with 101 plays. So, eh. <laughs> Got me more than that. There's Probably. no way. Yeah. He, but I this, looked at the songs. been in, out for 30 years. But I looked at the songs in front of them, a lot of these songs, and I'm like, I could see those songs being as big as they are in concert and being in front of these songs. You know, there's some up there. True, right. not to, iconic. Oh, I'm sure. Dwight Yoakam songs. Not to dwell on this, but from what I understand, and then I'm done with the set list of him, but from what I understand, the way that website works is fans mm-hmm. upload is. it's not right. like some somebody's back there like tabulating if you've get, gone to a show and i think like when it comes to metal fans are a little more passionate maybe than they are when it comes to country right. and they'll be like oh man that's great and they'll like go home and like take copious notes and like upload it and say okay here and and that's the reason maybe like a metallica or something has so many uh no dude yeah you see i mean the wall behind me these set lists that i actually got from shows yeah, yeah. I went into Setless FM and uploaded it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, but you didn't just, do that when you saw Dwight Yoakam, did you? No, because I didn't get a set list. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Well, well, that's okay. why that's, I that's always point. Yeah. preface yeah. everything with where I get my information from. So people will say, well, that's Setless FM, so they'll know that I'm just... And I'm not saying country music doesn't have some diehard fans. I'm just not sure they're quite as passionate as metal fans. Well, maybe, also, maybe metal fans feel like they're a little underrepresented and they're like, I got to be more vocal and get it out there. Well, Whereas like a, everybody likes some of this country stuff and they're going to like right, right. It's rely also on the, somebody else to do it maybe, you know. It's also the CBS crowd, you know, the the older generation. You know, they're like wanting to right. plug it in set list. <clears> you know what? Point, man. And that would be Very your country point. music. You're absolutely right. And this is why Clint Black is probably not as uh, yeah. updated on set list. I'd say if you get one of these younger country artists like uh, Keith Urban, for example, he probably has a little bit more accurate set uh, mm-hmm. The folks that were the the two K generation, if you will, they are probably recording all the stuff they do and doc, you know, documenting it. So right. Yeah. 
So it makes sense. It makes but sense. But it's still right. a nice gauge to kind of give you an idea of maybe where some of this Oh, no, I agree. Well, so. No, I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. But, Chris, you had a great point, and I yeah, think. I didn't mean to go, you know, because I know we've got a lot of songs tonight. But I, but I wanted to throw that out there because it just came to me. I was like, you know, this is this is probably why this is the case. Because it pr- it's probably going to be the case on my pick, too. So gotcha. I'm not going to spoil gotcha. anything yet. You guys are going to love my pick, by the way. I can't wait. I'm afraid you're going to make me mad. I think I, I know what I it should I be. I know what it should be, but nonetheless. All right. So this you know what it to, should be? Yeah, <laughs> what I, my I, pick should be? Okay. I know what your pick for the flush should be. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Well, no, I was talking about my pick for the next. Anyway, let's go. Oh, your record. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to track number five. It's called Sad, Sad Music. Chris, hit it. Just never cross my mind. You take my heart. There should be music, sad, sad music, the kind the movies have when love like ours goes bad. There should be The silence that you left is all that I have. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so we've got a little Buck Owens inspired song coming right here, guys. Uh, this is Dwight crooning. He's still reminiscing of the girl that once was there. Uh, you know what? I will say that this one, I think it's absolutely a uh, a very good song. Uh, it's a little step down from the pr- prior track to me, obviously, because I came in at a 10 hard. But uh, you know what? I, I still think it's somewhere between very good and great. And I think that um, it's a precursor as to what's going to happen to the next song uh, because this song would make a man want to drink. It's I gave it a 7.5. Chris, where are you at on Sad Sad Music? Yeah, it's a uh, man. Another throat. I don't know why this guy kept coming to mind tonight, but George Jones is like this. Just feels like another throwback. Something. I, I tell you, you know what? What I really think of when I think of this song, and I just thought of that, this listening to it right now. I'm gonna scrap all my notes and just tell this instead, because uh, <laughs> I gave the same score you did, Jim. I gave it seven okay, and a cool. half. Uh, this reminds me of my grandfather. Uh, I can. He liked this kind of music, and I can remember like as a kid going down to his house. And he'd get a <laughs> so bad. He'd get like a little can of Vienna sausages and a pack of crackers, and we'd go out in his like patio room he had out there, and he'd play crap like his on eight tracks, and we'd sit there and eat Vienna sausages and crackers, and <laughs> I mean how unhealthy, right? But but I, this is the kind of stuff he would have loved. I know that for a fact. I mean, it was more like the George Jones kind of stuff he loved, but this is what it feels like to me. Ah, it's seven and a half. Dude, before you do anything, Anthony, that is exactly what music's supposed to do. It puts you in a time and a place yeah, that brings right. you back, especially when it comes to country music. And yeah. that memory is something that you'll never forget. You'll probably never forget yeah. the taste of those sausages and the uh, crackers, <laughs> right? I actually liked them back then. I'm yeah. not sure I could eat one now, but yeah, yeah, that's stuff. Like, yeah. But nonetheless, that is something that's going to stick with you. And, you know, yeah. I'm telling you, man, that's a great, great story. Wow. Anthony, what do you think about sad, sad music? Yeah, man, it's uh, back to that sad, mournful music. Uh and Dwight once again sells it so well. He makes this song so much sadder by the way he croons. Uh, I'm digging it. It's a powerful country song. 
uh, zero complaints. And these lyrics, man, I love these lyrics. Oh my God, dude, it's lyrically masterful, isn't but it? This yeah. set right here, and every night it still hits home without a warning as my world becomes a flood of scalding tears. Now that's freaking country, man. Yes, sir. And it's I love it. Right there, yeah. I, it's it's another nine for me, man. This is an excellent song. I really wow, dig this one. That's too, fantastic. Man. I love you, Anthony. I love you. All right, <laughs> let's do this. Let's go to track number six. It's called Since I Started Drinking Again. You want to talk about powerful music placement on a record. So we go from sad, sad music, and then we're going to start drinking. <laughs> Since I started drinking again is, I guess, Dwight's nod to bluegrass, because this has got a pure bluegrass sound to it. I love, man, lyrically, I haven't shed a tear over you since I started drinking again. Oh, my God. I mean, this is exactly how... <laughs> Country music's, a, you know, it's what it's about. You know what I mean? This is this is pure. I love, and of course, fan note out there. I am a huge bluegrass fan when it comes to bluegrass, so I love that stuff. I love anything guitar oriented. As everybody listening to this podcast knows, if it's guitar, I love it. Um, but yeah, man, I think this song is super strong. I'm at, oh my god, I'm at an eight and a half. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep going. All right, Chris, what do you think about since I started drinking again? Uh, it's my favorite song on the album, guys. Awesome. And it's, it's the sleeper of the night for me. I, I love the blue gla- bluegrass version of blue Dwight. Glass, I think huh? it's where, he, where <laughs> exactly that's where he's at his best. I think instrumentally it's complex the way he intertwines the banjo and the fiddle together. Lyrically, it's fantastic. It's just a fun song. It puts a smile on your face every time you hear yeah. it. Man, I gave it a nine and a half, Jimmy. That's how much I like. It. I don't think it's iconic, but man, it's a hell of a song. I mean, it really Dude, is. Dude, that's awesome. You know, see, I'm trying to grade myself yeah. carefully. But a fanboy way, man. You can, I love it. <laughs> you have permission on this one. <laughs> All right, Anthony. What do you think about since I started drinking again? Yeah, man. I love that banjo that leads this one in. And the song itself was another solid one. You know, like I, you said the same thing about bluegrass, man. I love the whole bluegrass vibe. I can't even say that word. The whole bluegrass <laughs> vibe of this song. It's great, man. That fiddle solo is great, too. No complaints at all. It works. Uh, 8.5 for me on this one. So Yes, yes sir. Well, great I'm glad we all enjoyed that one. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so let's go to track number seven. It's called If There Was a Way. In this darkness, I move slowly. Always struggling. Such a fool of me. 
So if there was a way is it's the most, I guess, different song on this album. It's standout tonally. It is not. I don't think it's rooted in traditional country. However, it is drenched in reverb as far as the guitar goes. I think that Dwight, because this song is so different than everything on this record, this is why I rate it as high as I do, because I think he was taking a chance on this one. And I think it's great. I'm at an eight. Chris, what do you think about if there was a way? It's interesting because, you know, this is, to me, it's a very bluesy song. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's more bluesy than anything else on this album. I don't typically like that. But I, for some reason, it just kind of sits there for me. It's it's not like, it, I don't, it seems like he, he doesn't really stretch himself vocally. I don't really hear him like hitting, belting big notes on this song or anything. And just, I don't know. I, it's one of the weaker ones for me. It's not okay. my flush, but. I gave it six and a half. I think it's between good right. and very good. It's still good yeah. and still very, between good and very good. There's no I just expected more out of this because, you know, typically on a blues song, you're going to like, because there's not much there other than just the beat in the background. You're going to like belt it out. And I just don't feel like he does on this song too much. I got you. Anthony, what do you think about it? There was a way. Yeah, I kind of went into something similar to that too. I said, uh, not really sure what to make of it. Um, is it blues? Is it country? It's really kind of a strange hybrid of both of them. Um, but even the organ solo seems to fit nicely into it. It's even as strange as the song is, but I do think it is a weaker song um, than the ones before it. Uh, but it's still a solid song and it's kind of growing me the more I hear it. I'm starting to like it a little more. I gave it a 7.5. So not as not super low, but still it's definitely, it's a fair rate. Like I said, guys, the only reason why I rate it as high as it is because it's the most different song on it. He kind of stepped away from his, I guess his comfort zone, if you will, maybe. Yeah. But it's like a church organ or something. It was really, yeah, it's the Hammond organ. Yeah. Right. It kind of works. It's weird, but it works, but you know, so yeah. So guess what boys, we're getting ready to turn this record into something different right now. (laughs) Here we go. Track number eight, turn it on, turn it up. Turn me loose. So this, kids, is pure Dwight Yoakam. Turn It On, Turn Me Up, Turn Me Loose is absolutely a fantastic song. He, uh, The guitar line that's following his vocal harmony 
is simply amazing. You know exactly what the song is as soon as it starts with that Telecaster twang right at the beginning. This is, I would imagine, this has got to be a staple in his concert set list because the time I saw him back in, I guess it was 17, he played this song. This is one of the two songs off his record he played. And if this isn't one of his most popular songs, I don't know what is. This is pure country. This is iconic in his discography for sure. It's a 10. Chris, what do you think about Turn It On, Turn Me Up, Turn It Loose? Yeah, I love those, uh, those guitar riffs. Like you said, that Telecaster twang, man. It's just, it's got Johnny Cash written all over it, man. It just, oh, and the God. gallop that kind of goes with this song. I mean, you feel like you're just walking, riding down the riding plains a on a horse, man. It's just, yep. <laughs> it's fantastic. It really is. Such a good chorus. I mean, so singable. Uh, one of the few I, I knew immediately as soon as I heard it. I, I mean, I don't think there's any question. This is a 10. I, I, I dare say anybody reviewing this album would give this one a 10. So. Right yeah, on. Easy 10. Yeah. Anthony, it's turn it on, sir. Five. Um, <laughs> well, fair enough. Plus five. You it's all how you heard. <laughs> no, I mean, it's twangy. It's groovy. It's got a great chorus. I mean, you just want to belt that chorus out every time you hear it. I uh, love the guitar work. No complaints. Easy 10, man. This, this one of those songs that probably a lot of people know outside of country, too. It's probably one of those sort of genre-crossing songs. But Right. Uh, according to Setlist FM, 12th all-time in concert with 151 plays, which I don't think is right. But if you look at the songs stacked up in front of it, I could see those songs being played more in concert than this one. But right. it doesn't mean that the, the stats are right, but I could see the placement being right. So, um, Fair enough. Personally. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, all right, Wikipedia does have some information on this one too. Before you guys jump off the thing really quick, start rushing <laughs> off because you're so scared of all the time and everything. So one second, Russian, man. Hey, no, that's a scared of time, buddy. What's that? Anything, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Good just Lord. playing. I'm just playing. I have too much caffeine this morning. There broken dishwasher. I'm a little bit stressed. I'm a little stressed. Um, turn it on. Turn it up. Turn me loose. According to Wikipedia was written by Costas and Waylon Patton and recorded by Dwight. It was released in September 1990 as the lead-off single. It peaked at number 11 in the United States and number 5 in Canada. So I just want to get those stats in. So. Sweet. And that's Wikipedia, again, like said, Lest FM, you know. <laughs> but you'd assume it's right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We'll move it up to track number nine. It's called It Only Hurts When I Cry. Hit it. Couldn't tell it by the smile But my recovery took a while I worked for days and nights on end Just to walk and talk again You can't believe the time it takes To heal a heart once it breaks The only time I feel the pain Is in the sunshine of the rain Unless you count when two drops fall I 
Tell the truth except when I lie It only hurts me when I cry Yes, sir. So here we are, <clears throat> just over halfway through this record, and Dwight is on fire. I mean, he is, I, I dare say he is crooning on this one. I think lyrically, this is a great country song. And when he was, after he gets through the, the main, I guess the lead in chorus, and he's, you couldn't tell it by the smile. <laughs> that, you know you're in for a treat because he's doing that you know little Dwight thing I love his darker I like his deeper vocal on this I think it's fantastic I know it it's and I hate to say this is my favorite song on the record I love it I always have it's the shortest song on the record if I'm not mistaken at like two and a half minutes you could probably play the whole thing honestly (laughs) but I think it's great I love everything about it it's a 10 in my book I think it's iconic Chris what do you think about it it only hurts when I cry you know, what's interesting is a prominent steel guitar in there. Oh, yeah. And, and it's an up-tempo song. I'm not sure how often you hear a steel guitar on an up-tempo song. Typically, it's one of these kind of droney 70s country songs that you hear <laughs> those steel guitars in. But uh, I, I like the way it kind of uh, he weaves that in on this song. Yeah, this album's really picking up steam at this point. I mean, it's another song with just an absolute singable chorus, man. It's just so easy. You can see this being a concert staple. Oh, yeah. Uh, easy 10. I mean, there's not much more to say on this. This is an easy 10. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, it's another great upbeat country song. And yeah, I think Dwight's doing his best to sound like Elvis on this one. And that's oh, yeah, not a, right. That's not a knock, man. He sounds great doing it. I'd love to hear him do some Elvis covers. I know he did Suspicious he Minds does. at one point. He does. He does. <laughs> he, he nailed those. You're right. Uh, oh but yeah, no issues, man. That fiddle solo, man, damn, it's just another damn good fiddle solo in this album. There's yeah. so many good fiddle solos in this album. Um, I like a little bit of honky tonk piano sprinkled throughout. Uh, this is the only one to land in his top 10, according to Setlist FM. Uh, ninth all time with 196 plays. And Wikipedia said that uh, this song is co written by uh, Dwight Yoakam and Roger Miller. And Roger Miller was a big country artist back in the day if I'm not mistaken right then he you did know, some I, I would yeah. imagine he's a huge writer in Nashville but I think you know. he gave us a big hit back in the day I can't remember the, the song off the top of my head but yeah it was released in December of 91 as the fourth single it peaked at number seven and at number four in Canada and this is was one of the last songs that Miller wrote before he died in 92 yeah. And I gave it a nine, but I'm going to bump it to a 10 too and give it a, an iconic after reading all that again and hearing you guys talk about it. So I was on oh, the fence. this with, one live when I yeah, saw it. This is one of those on the fence ones from Rays Like Between. Is it a nine? Is it a 10? I, I'll, I'll bump it up to 10. So easily. Wise so, choice. You got to the peer pressure. Man. Make it a trifecta. <laughs> well, if I gave the other ones nines that were actually in the, you know, outside of the top or a 10 to a couple of those are outside of the top 10 in his set list. Why not give this one a 10, too, you know? Well, heck, yeah. Plus, make it a trifecta. (laughs) Let's do it. Absolutely. It's a triple. All right, (laughs) let's go to track number 10. It's called Send a Message to My Heart.
send a message to my heart, man, killer duet um, with Patty Loveless. This is an absolute, I think it's a great song. I think that, and Patty was on top of her game back in this day too, for her to sing on this record had to be um, just a great choice of vocalist. Um, as a young man in my late teens, Patty Loveless was a huge crush of mine. I thought she was gorgeous as a country music singer. Me too. So there was that favoritism already as this thing started without even, you know, I'm like, Patty Loveless, oh my God, she's she's hot. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think this is a great song. I think it's a I think they're perfect for each other as a duet. Maybe not quite as good as like a George Jones and a Tammy Wynette, but I think they fit together pretty darn good. And I think the song is great. I gave it an eight. Chris, what did you think about it? Oh, my God. Is this the flush? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's fun. I'm pretty sure these two both uh, were born in Pikeville, Kentucky. I wonder if that's oh, like yeah. a connection. Yeah, they, and they were like, they, yeah, they were born in Pikeville, but he didn't live there long. On this one. Yeah, I know he didn't. She lived in she uh, raised there, that right? county over her whole life, I think. But, uh, yep. yeah. You know what, man? I, I'm a little low on this song. That's okay, and I'm going to stick to what I wrote, but uh, it's a little better than I probably, I don't know. Sometimes you listen to these, it just don't hit you right. But uh, That's cool. I think I don't think she sounds that good on this song. I'm just going to be honest with you. Wow. I think he okay. sounds good. I don't think, it just, she sounds a little off key. Uh, and I, I, I'm not saying she's a bad singer. I've heard some of her, you know, her solo stuff's good. But for this song, <laughs> I must have been in a bad mood when I wrote this. I was like, sounds like some off-key waitress at a Holiday Inn on karaoke. Come on, man. <laughs> it's what I disrespect oh. Patty Loveless. Wow, that's, that's pretty hard. She's one of the hey. queens of country, man. I think she, she is, but this song does not sound that good. Chris. I don't think ah. she, her vocal... Look, I gave it a six and a half. I was, oh, between good and very good. I don't. I mean, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have written that. But like, because listening back, him. it's like, it's not that bad. Still, but honestly, if you listen to her, she's like not that strong on this song her vocals aren't dwight comes in and his you know yodel kind of like puts over the top but all uh, right so before you go any further just keep in mind she was trying to stay in the line of his vocal style right. she sang in a lower register yeah. and she was singing in the dwight yokum so i think i think that's so. very you know, possible yeah who knows man I think it's one of the weaker right, songs Anthony, in the album i gave it six and a half yeah but it's not the flow six and a half is not bad you know yeah. what six and a half is not bad i get it it's good. It's good. We're good. All right, Anthony. Before I get into my thing, Roger Miller did the song Dang Me and uh, King of the Road. Those were the two I was trying to think of. So uh, I knew he had done some big songs. I think he did Tall, Tall Trees, too, the one that Alan Jackson made famous years ago, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, uh, send a message to my heart, man. Uh, Chris is killing my heart on this one with all the stuff by Patty <laughs> Loveless. It's ridiculous, know, too, man. Sorry, yes. Insult the queen of country like that. One of the stars of country music, for goodness sakes. Not in this song, my friend. Uh, man, I love it. I love this duet. Patty and Dwight have such a beautiful harmony together. It's ridiculous. It's a shame they didn't do more ballads together. Uh, it's an incredible country ballad in my mind. No complaints. I'm going to give it a nine. It's an excellent, wow. excellent song. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Anthony, you brought the average up. That's great. Thank you. All right, <laughs> it's about it. Come on, you know. Where was country, your score, Jimmy? My, I forgot what you. I did. was at an eight. I was okay. at an eight. I think okay. it's a great song, and I, once again, fanboy in the love of some Patty Loveless from back in the day. I'm in. I'm in. It's sold me. I'm sold. UK had it's color in your. Uh, hey, rock color in the UK. Your, uh, I'm sure she's a fan. <laughs> All right, let's roll into track number eleven. It's called "I Don't Need It Done." I found real true love 
Oh, yes. We've gone a little bluesy. little rockabilly hint. We got some piano rock in this song. I think that uh, this is one of the weaker songs, in my opinion, on this record. Um, because I felt like we have had a ton of good stuff. But still yet, I think it's still very good. But this is one of my lower ratings. I gave this one a 7 because I, I still find it to be a very good song. Once again, a little bit different than what we previously heard, but it's it's Dwight doing what he does. Chris, what do you think about it? I don't need it done. I think it's a decent song. It's kind of like a mid-tempo, somewhat rocker, rocker if you will, but yeah. not really a rocker. I like the way he uh, infuses the piano in this song. Uh, it's got a catchy chorus. Dwight's kind of doing his yodeling thing that he does from time to time in there. I think it's a shade above middle of the road. I gave it a seven and a half. That's cool. Anthony, what do you think about I Don't Need It Done? Yeah, you know, it's another strange one, like if there was a way. It's a bit of country, a bit of blues, a bit of honky-tonk rocker. It works well enough uh, to have so many genres kind of mixed into it. I do love the piano and guitar work throughout. It's a highlight. Uh, I gave it a seven and a half, too. You know, cool. I mean, it's it's definitely one of the weaker ones for me. And if I paired this album down to maybe 12 songs, maybe this one, and if there was a way, could have probably been dropped. Even though they're not terrible songs, and they're growing on me a lot, but if I was going to try and cut it down for time and length, so. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's fair enough. You know, it's still not bad scores, guys. All right, let's go to track number 12. It's called You're the One. So we've got You're the One. This is the track that's basically a middle finger to the ex that wants to come back. <laughs> and this is where this album, this is what drew me to this album. I remember this, this song came out as a single in 91. I got this when I got this album. And I didn't get it when it first came out because I wouldn't, you know, didn't know exactly what was going on with this record because I think it was released in maybe late 90. But I got this one after this single came out and I fell in love with this song. This was my first taste of Dwight as far as an album this was the first single I remember hearing this used to be my favorite Dwight Yoakam song for years I mean I love this song and um, I know it's it is probably one of his it had to be at least high on his set list for a long time he may not play it as much anymore but no matter what this is still iconic in his discography I know in my mind it's a 10 I don't know how you guys are going to feel about it but this was a big one back in 91 um, obviously our senior year and it's one of the ones like i said this is the whole reason i got this album and rocked this thing out for probably for the past 30 some years so nonetheless anyway i'm at a 10 chris yeah it's <laughs> yeah this is a 10 it's it's very iconic 
one of the few that I knew immediately as soon as I heard it. Uh, and I'll tell you something else that I kind of wrote this when I was listening to it back through the headphones here. Uh, the way the acoustic guitar plays in to this song, and I, I had this note on a couple of Clint Black songs last week. It gives me this like south of the border Mexican cantina kind of vibe. That's to the it. mandolin. Yeah. Oh, was that the mandolin? the mandolin? Okay. And yeah, it probably yeah. was mandolin back during the Clint as well, by the way. It, it was. Uh, I think I think y'all correct me then too. I love that. I mean, there is something about that sound that just like it's pure country almost, but at the same time south of the border, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's just a it's a great it makes you feel like you're watching a western or something. I don't know, man. Right. It's just it's just a really good sound. Uh yeah, this is easily iconic. Easy ten. Love it. All right. Anthony, what do you think about You're the One? Yeah, man. It's uh, an incredible country ballad that Dwight's voice is just perfect for. Every single thing works in this song. Um, absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that in my notes. That, and that guitar, I think it's a mandolin, is, is amazing in this song, too. I love it, little mandolin. But uh, it is a, a single. It was released in February of 91 as the second single from the album. Peaked at number five in the U.S. and number four in Canada. So uh, he got some love in Canada as well as the United States. So, yeah, it's it's an easy 10, man. It's iconic. Awesome. It, this is... This is this one and the other one. Turn it on, turn it up. These are like instant. I knew those were tens. Uh, the other right. ones I debated about with these two were like, nope, that's a ten. <laughs> yeah, awesome man, awesome. All right, well let's move it up to track number thirteen. It's called Dangerous Man. He's a dangerous man. I'm going to give Dwight credit on Dangerous Man. He went from that last slow song and sped it up a little bit, got a little rocker going here with Dangerous Man. I think this one is placed poorly on the record. Or, of course, I, the next song to me, I think, Anthony, you're talking about dropping two songs. Well, the next song is one of the ones I feel like we could have dropped, okay? This one should have been the closer on this album because you would have gone out exactly. rocking. Mm-hmm. And you would have been been more memorable, in my opinion. And I'm not taking anything away from the next song yet, but Dangerous Man is yet. in the wrong place on this record. And <laughs> See, uh, now this makes me feel good because my flush is well-placed from the way you guys are talking. So. Well, I, I knew it was going to <laughs> it was either gonna be one or the other. I knew this was going to be – I had a feeling it was going to be your flush. But nonetheless, I think it's very, very good. I, I mean, honestly, I'm at great. I gave this one an eight, and I think it is the, the absolute perfect follow-up to You're the One. Chris, Dangerous Man. Yeah, it's a solid tune. Uh, you know, it's uh, I like his rockers. I do. I like the way he, he kind of plays these rockers. And this would have been a good closer on this album. I, I will say this feels kind of like it fits in like a movie soundtrack or something. It uh. doesn't really fit this album per se, but I like it. It's a good song. Almost has more of a pop sound to it. It, it does. It's, it's got an 80s if movie. If Dwight Yoakam can play right. pop music, this is, this is the most pop sounding song on this <laughs> album. I'm with you though, Jimmy. I think it's an eight. It's a great song. Awesome. Anthony, Dangerous Man. 
it's it's my sleeper hit for the week, guys. Awesome, I mean, it really is. Uh, the album should have ended right here. That's in my notes. Uh, it would have been a perfect way to send everyone out. It's upbeat, got a nice groove and vibe. One hell of a guitar solo in it too, man. It's a killer guitar solo. Very catchy chorus. And Dwight proves once again, no matter the tone and style of the song, he can pull it off perfectly. And these lyrics, man, another one paints a great picture. He hides all the clues that have left his hands stained and dirty and he'll wash them with your tears. I mean, come on, just the image that brings out when you hear that, man. Perfect image. Powerful, man. So it's a nine for me, man. This is an excellent song. Oh, sweet. Really digging this one, man, a lot, so... All right, so guys. just stop well, the album. Don't even play the next clip. Just stop the album right <laughs> it was here. Done. You got to. You got to. You got to wrap it's this not up. That bad. I mean, it's, it's not god awful, but it's, it's not my as weakest one, one. Of the, My weakest yeah. one of the night. All right. Speaking of the weakest one, let's start with track number fourteen. <laughs> it's called "Let's Work Together." All right, so let's work together. I'm not. First of all, it's not a bad song. It's in a bad place. I felt like this song could have been a B-side and released later as possibly a hidden track, extra track, something to that nature. At 14 songs, this being the 14th song, he picked a poor closer. Although it is still a somewhat of a rocker, I'm not going to slaughter this song because I still think it's it's got good in it. I gave it a seven and a half because I think it's somewhere between very good and, and great, but I just felt like it's just poor placement. And I get it, guys. Y'all can go ahead and kill this one. No, we're not going to kill it. I, I, just I appreciate it. But nonetheless, seven and a half. Chris, go ahead and give us the toilet. Chris's Flush of the Week. At least we agree this week. Yeah, we all agree. Well, here's the thing, man. I, I, it's not Like you said, it's not a bad song. I'll tell you, the, the intro reminds me of a Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the right. Georgia Satellites. Yes. I don't know if you guys got yes. that or not. Which oh, I actually kind of... Now you I, said I heard, that, I'm like, yes. I hate flushing it for that reason alone. But this song's filler, plain and simple. It's absolute filler. And with 14 songs, you don't need filler on an album. You just cut right. the 14th song and close it with, with the great dangerous man that was right before it. Uh, it's not bad, but it's just like... It's just it's kind of generic. I mean, if anything, I don't know. I do like that groove to it, but beyond that, there's not much more there. What was your score? Oh, I gave it a six, by the way. I'm sorry. Six. Okay, yeah, it's still my low score in there. Fair enough, Anthony. Let's work. Yeah, this together. was a this is a cover of somebody. I forgot who it was. He covered, but it's like an old blues singer, like we're in the 30s or 40s, something like that. Oh wow. Yeah, I forgot to get the name down. I looked it up this week. Uh, you know, I wrote that I like the vibe of it, the power in it. 
but it's my least favorite song on the album. It's not a terrible song, but it never gets as great as others on the album. Like I said, Dangerous Man should have closed it out. This song isn't a good send-off. I'm not really sure why it doesn't get me, but it's just something about it that uh, it's just not a super song song. It's got some good stuff in it, like that intro Chris played. I was like, I'm kind of digging that. Well, but the then he kind of starts singing, and then I'm like, eh. So I gave it a six and a half. It's my weakest and my lowest of the night. But, you know, I still wouldn't skip it. I still kind of like it in some odd way, but. It's just, just not it, strong as the rest of the record. Yeah, I agree. It's man, just, I agree 100%. There's it just doesn't seem to work. <laughs> this is one. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, there's nothing I would skip on this album. They're all really solid songs, but, you know. All right, guys. So we've gone through, if there was a way, my final thoughts, my final assessment. I think this is one of the greatest country albums released out of the 90s. It absolutely. I think this might have jump-started his career into the next level because the follow-up album is equally as good, arguably yeah. better. But I love this one. This one's a staple in my diet. And um, I will say this. You drop off two of these songs, this may be the best 35-minute country album from 1990, 91, 92. You get rid of Let's, Let's Work Together and I Don't Need It Done. I think that's the two weakest songs in my opinion. This could have been a 12-song album. I mean, you might have been able to get three of these out of there, but I still love this record. My overall score, um, my God, it came out to 8.6, but that is not what this record is. This record is is stronger than that. I think this is an excellent album. I'm going to bump this one to a nine. And once again, you know how we have the Desert Album, out, 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 you know, the albums that we would take if we were lost to sea on a desert <laughs> island, deserted island, whatever? This one is going to be a top 10 for me for sure. Real close to my top five, but it's not quite there because I'm obviously more of a hard rock metal guy, and my top five would probably, you know, it's, we've talked about it before. Masters in there, and I'm going to arguably stay hard rock and metal, but um, this is a very close six, maybe seven. I love this record. It's part of my history, and it brings a smile on my face because it takes me back to my senior beach trip, which I rocked the crap out of this then. <laughs> um, from basically February of 91 until this day, I still listen to this record to this day, so. It's 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 just a staple of my uh, country music diet for sure. Chris, final thoughts? Yeah, it's good to pick, Jimmy. I enjoyed listening to this album this week. Uh, kind of, it's good to refresh yourself sometimes of how good some of these artists really are. Because I did not have this album. I did have the one that I was it called this time, this time. after this, which is a solid album. But, but honestly, uh, this is this is a really this is just as good as that album. It is a little longer, but it's just as good. And you know something with Dwight Yoakam? When I think of Dwight Yoakam, this is like pool hall, drinking beers on a Saturday night kind of music. It really is, man. It's just like, and when how can you not like music like that? Something that like puts you in a good mood, just kicking back with your friends, hanging out, having a good time kind of music. I mean, that's that's what this is. And it's crazy because Dwight has a lot of different you know shades to him. He's got bluegrass Dwight, and he's got 70s country Dwight and he's got pop Dwight occasionally and he's got rock right. absolutely like hillbilly rock vibes there and I mean it's just he's so many faces the guy's just tremendous when it comes to that and his unique he, his vocals are so unique I mean like you know up. this guy immediately and to me that's the mark of a great musician when you can't confuse him for anybody else. And that's, you know it. Right. You not only know it from his voice, which is painfully obvious, but you also know it from like the tone of his guitar, that telecaster way it kicks in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like, you know that's why Yoakum almost immediately when you hear it. 
there's some iconic songs on this album. Uh, I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm going to bump it a little bit. I, my overall was an 8.1. I think just because it's a little long, there's, there's a few right. like no, average it. songs to me that are like, eh. But that said, there's some great songs. I'm going to give it eight and a half. I think that's about where it's going to sit for me. Cool. Uh, it was a good listen. I enjoyed it. Anthony, final thoughts, sir. Uh, you know, my opening notes say great pick, Jimmy. So kind of give you a, a nod to this is a good pick. Uh, and any excuse to listen to Dwight, I'll take it. It's a solid album from start to finish and no complaints. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to dive into some Dwight Yoakam this week. Uh, it's a perfect gateway album, I think, for Dwight Yoakam. So thumbs up. Uh, 8.7 was my final rating, statistical, but I'm going to bump it to a 9 too. It's an excellent. So yeah, that's kind of my quick little thoughts and guys before we go on to chris's pick i I will say this going back for the past few weeks listening to country music has really made me go back and listen like i talked about it last week i did the same thing this week too i know this album like the back of my hand i probably and and i'm not even joking i probably listened to this thing thousands of times i don't even know how to say it because i love it but going back and listening to some of this stuff there is so much great music that came out in the late 80s early 90s from country it's a shame that country's gone the direction it has. I'm not saying all of it's bad by no means, but some of these artists, it's not country at all. No, I don't even understand how it can be labeled that way. And I get it. Nashville's being run by a bunch of a younger group now than what it was in the 80s and 90s because all those folks have basically died out. It's a, of, it's a bunch of morons and trucker hats playing pop music is all it is. I don't get it, but we have these records <laughs> to reflect all. on it's and not. remember and appreciate how great that generation of, of country was and uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it man it, 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 it means a lot to me because it is one of my favorite records of all time alright Chris hit it let's see what we got to look forward to next week and in this corner weighing in at 165 pounds it's the blues rock guru and the master of podcast production and the man who cannot stop the battery it's Chris's pick. All right, guys. This was a hard one for me. It was because this is not my wheelhouse. And I had a lot of different uh, names in my head. And, man, it was it was hard to whittle it down. Uh, but I think <laughs> I'll tell you guys, this is going to be interesting. Um, I wanted something that was fun. And... I wanted. I didn't want to go to the same like '90s or early, late '80s, early '90s. I didn't want three of those. I wanted to hit a different generation, and it was either going to be new stuff or old stuff. And I thought about doing Tyler Childers, but I know Jimmy. I could tell he just didn't like it. I, I was like, "Listen to this, see what you think." He never gave me a positive response. I'm like, "I'm not going to like push this on you guys if you want to hear that," even though it would get a ton of listens. Hang on, Chris. Before you say anything else. I have gone back and listened to the Tyler Childers more. And honestly, that Eastern Kentucky sound is coming back. Oh, it's pure Appalachian. I dig it. it I dig is. it. It's pure country. Yeah. This is actually what country needs to go back to, and he's doing yeah. it right. I'm not going to knock it because I don't understand it yet, but it well, is good he's stuff. a lot about snorting coke and popping pills and just high-wall <laughs> mines and whatever. But like country. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really like right is. on the border of West Virginia up there in Kentucky, but... But I'm not going there. I'm going to have some fun. I, I pulled this album up last night when I was looking for something from like the late early 80s, late 70s. And um, Crystal actually kind of, your wife, Jimmy, actually kind of threw this guy in my head. And I was like, all right. Oh, my God. The album, and it's funny. It's, it, we're going to have fun with this. We might bash it. There's some bad songs, but there's some fun, good songs, too. 
The album is called Rednecking Love Making Night by Conway yes, Twitty from yes, 1981. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun, man. I was just sitting there like laughing the whole time listening to it. So, what But you know what? Musically, there? it's not bad. I mean, he's got some ballads, some of those old Tommy sure. twangy ballads and stuff. But I, but it's, it's, I think it's going to be a fun listen, guys. Dude, I like, I'm a fan of the Conway. I took it late in life, but that is great. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you took The name, Redneck awesome. and Love Making Night. I mean, what kind of name? They got tight fitting jeans on that one. It does have tight fitting jeans. Yeah, it's on, on that album. Yeah. Conway's a bit of a pimp now. I'm going to tell y'all. You, never been there's this, a few songs about making love on this album. Never so. been this far before. Is that on that one, too? I don't remember the rest of them. Never That's been right. this far before. Bob bum. Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. That, we'll I think see. that is on this one actually. Oh my god, is it's one of his on? top streamed albums. So, and he has a oh, lot of albums, man. I told you guys I grew up with this stuff, so I know all these. <laughs> we'll be a fun listen. I think we'll have fun with it, even if we got to bash some of it. We will, but I think I think overall we'll enjoy it. That is awesome. I can't wait. And this is redneck and love making. Oh my god, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> the name. That's Dude, funny. the name says it all. Yeah. <laughs> it really oh my does. God. And hey, what year did that come out? You said? Do you know? 1981. 81. Oh my god. He's a, yeah, man. That guy's just a pimp. pimp. That's all there is to it. Oh my god. And yeah. that's the name of the album. <laughs> redneck and love making night. Yep. You know, find it. God, that is. No, I can't. I see an album called Mr. T in 81. Am I looking what? at Conway? All right. Trust me, it. it's on there. You'll love it. I believe you. I'll shoot you all a link if I need to. <laughs> all right, Anthony, what do you got going on this week? Uh, song lines and tan lines. I'm doing a versus episode this week. I'm going to give it a shot. Southern Cross versus Southern Cross, trying to figure out which one. Yes, is sir. Better, which is the I better. I the uh, answer. I know the answer. Buffett's versions, but <laughs> superior. I've got superior. a few in my. Actually, there's I one about Buffett. Some Crosby, Stills, Nash. I've got another a, versus coming up, but he doesn't do as well as the cover on. But uh, yeah, Southern Cross. Uncle John's band, kind of, huh? You gonna do Uncle John's band too? At some point, um, that's a great one. How about that Kenny Rogers song? I threw. I was thinking about that one last. That's night. a good one too. Yeah, good yeah. 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 He and, does a surprisingly good job on that song. He does. I did want to throw out one more recommendation: "The Harder They Fall" on Netflix. If you guys want a super cool Western, very violent, that is the best Tarantino movie that you've never seen, because he didn't do this one, but this guy takes the true Tarantino style and puts it into this Western, highly, highly recommend it. It's one of my top picks from the year so far of all the movies I've seen. uh, I think it may not be as unknown as you think. I believe the star of that movie was the host of Saturday Saturday Night Live last night. Was it? I, I'm not saying it's unknown. I'm just saying it's that the harder they fall on Netflix, if you want a really good Western this week, you will not go wrong with this movie. I can't remember I, his name. Is, is Idris Elba in that movie? He's in it too. He plays okay. one of the well, it's, bad. it's the, I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. I never heard. I was like, who is this guy? And then they like, yeah. he mentioned he was in that movie. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Idris, Idris Elba plays a truly horrendous bad, I mean, just a bad guy, just beyond nice. bad guys, this movie. So nice. You guys get a chance to see it. Let me know what you think. Cause, uh, I loved it, man. I could almost, like I told Chris, I went back and rewatched the opening and almost started watching the movie again. Jonathan accident. Majors. That was the guy's name. I was like, Johnny Majors. But yeah. so, Jonathan Majors is the guy's name. So it's not <laughs> Midsommar, Jimmy, so don't worry. I will not don't recommend worry. one I like won't. that to you again. So. Well, I'm just, I, did, I just couldn't get into it. I'm sorry. That's okay. I watched The Witch last night and I wouldn't recommend that to you either, but that was a great movie. But anyways. Anyways, sidebar oh, over. God. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Let's do this, boys. Thank y'all for listening. Once again, we hit 10K. 
We appreciate it so much, folks. For Audible Ecstasy Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review the album Red Neckin' Love Making Night by Conway Twitty. We'll see you then.